You're listening to the Bathtub Refinishing Podcast. Powered by Bathtub Guys Refinishing. We discuss the refinishing industry, interview owners and operators, and give tips to business owners and entrepreneurs. Now, here's your host, Daniel Montalvo. Hello, guys. Welcome back Hello, to the podcast. Hello, good morning. And good afternoon. Yeah, it's afternoon already, right? <laughs> Let me go oh, ahead and yeah. put you guys on screen real quick. There you go. There you go. See, nice awesome. and easy. Good morning where we're at. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's over here. It's almost, it's about to be like 2 p.m. It's like 1.30-ish. But uh, pleasure to have you guys aboard. Go ahead and introduce yourselves. I know, uh, you know, you guys are eager to get going here. Awesome. You want to go first, my love? I'm Patty, Patty Gonzalez. I am co-owner, oh, owner, right, with my husband, Rudy. <laughs> yep, me? yep. And I'm Rudy Gonzalez. We own Rudy's Fantastic Shine, uh, bathtub refinishing and carpet cleaning company. Oh, nice. So it's, it, do you guys, when you guys started, was that the idea to have a hybrid or did you, it just, the demand for both things kind of started and you're just like, we're going to do both. Yes, we started off in the apartment industry. Okay. Um, doing bathtubs, maintenance, painting, carpet cleaning, and cleaning. Yep. Wow. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it was a lot. Kind of like what Alliance is doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? We were doing the flips in the apartments. And um, my wife developed... Uh, eczema in her hand so she had quick cleaning and we kind of dropped the other stuff but i stayed with the carpet cleaning i got that too by the way i have really oh, sensitive skin that, huh? yeah yeah that's a bummer yeah she was the annoying. best cleaner around here oh. <laughs> on to bigger she and better still is. <laughs> uh, so what area of california do you guys serve we're in northern california um up in yuba county oh okay yeah, like 40 minutes past Sacramento. Okay, yeah, because I know Danny does a lot of stuff in the Bay Area. Right. Um, mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that, so that's cool. So you guys are like in the opposite end, pretty much, right? Yeah, we're licensed contractors, so we go all over for bathtub refinishing. Cool, cool, okay. Definitely. We were just down there Berkeley. two, uh, two three weeks ago. We were down there doing a job, a yeah. few jobs, yeah. Okay. And yeah. is it is it primarily you guys or um, like you guys have people who work with you? How, do, how does that whole thing work out? At the moment, it's just Patty and I again. <laughs> yeah. It, in, in an industry like especially the tub thing, man, it is so hard to find people because you actually have to turn your brain on a little bit. And that's usually where most people are just like, what? You know, you, you have to think about what you're doing. You know, and it, mm-hmm. and there's like, I wouldn't say artistry, but there is like a lot of technical and detail oriented work that goes into it. So I feel you, man, because I've had struggles. I've only had luck with people who are basically already trained, except for like one guy. Every single time I try to train people, it's just like three months in and they still are pretending like they don't know how to put up a piece of masking paper. It's just. They're scared to spray. Yeah. Yeah. They go in there scared about the spraying. Like you, yeah. Like, like you said, and then it makes them, it it makes them mess up. Like if they just want, like they overthink it, they stop in the middle of the tub, whatever, you know, and it's just, I don't know. I feel like it's harder to find stuff. So I don't, I don't blame you. A lot of people that I interview 
are they are owner operators. They do both things themselves. And it's very, very rare that I even talk to a refinisher that has a team or a crew. Um, it's just so happened that I got one of the rare ones like Danny who has like 10 people and hats off to him for cracking, awesome. cracking the code. But right. um, mm-hmm. I have, Thank you, brother. yeah, I have, I have four people and two of them are like full-time subcontractors have their own business and I've, I'm lucky to have that, but yeah, I don't, like I said, I don't, I don't blame you that that whole thing of hiring people for this kind of thing is, is very much a pain in the ass. And that's awesome for you too. That's, that's awesome. We did have um, two employees, one for the carpet cleaning Mm -hmm. and um, business had slowed down and for carpet cleaning. So he had to go move on. And that was my son-in-law, our son-in-law. And then we had our, our son for refinishing and, you know, family members and it it didn't work out. And, um, He's an amazing refinisher as yeah. well. And very talented. He's very, very good at the craftsmanship. He learned it really well, how old was he when he learned it? Well, he had gone on a couple of jobs when he was like sixteen. Okay. With, mm-hmm. How old but is he's he? been trained since he was like um twenty two or something. Ah, yeah. That's why. Mm-hmm. At that yeah. age where uh you know things uh haven't fallen into place mentally a little bit <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's, still, yeah. he's 28 right now oh he's 28 now oh yeah okay, okay. yeah I gotcha yeah. um but, but he's a good refinisher yeah, yeah. It is, it, it's a hard trade too though i'm not gonna lie you know like it is it is not for everyone a lot of people like i've had uh like even my brother who started when he was around 16 uh when my parents owned the business uh he started because he didn't finish high school. He started doing working with them because they were like, hey, you're going to do something. And, you know, just doing it for like eight or nine years, it puts a lot of stress on you. Like, the, especially the fumes, man, mm-hmm. they're no joke. And and being exposed to that for long periods of time, it could do stuff. So, you know, I I, I never fault people for like, you know, looking to do other things. Like I've had a, a cousin that worked with us, too. Um and he left for a similar situation like that takes a toll on your health and stuff like that but i always you know the way i see it it's like you could step away and still try to contribute something to the business and kind of set up the next generation of people to do it um which is kind of the way i i approached it it was like well if you're not going to do that anymore we'll just find some someone else to do it and you do this now Mm -hmm. right and and so he kind of does like he handles more like field operation stuff because he was in the field for so long. He kind of is like the specialist when it comes to that. Um, and, and so he doesn't have to be in there the day to day and the grind and inhale all that stuff and stuff like that. Uh, but like, he's still involved in the business. You know what I mean? Oh, that's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, that's definitely. Good. Yeah. So, um, man, um, I got a lot of questions. So uh, how, how is business over there? Is, is it more seasonal? Are you guys busy year round? Is one thing more busy than the other? What, what, how does, how does that go over there? It's been a weird, like October, usually, you know, Thanksgiving or whatever gets slow. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. October, it got slow for us this year. That's kind of why we lost uh, CJ and Andrew as well. Okay. Um, due to it being so slow they got backed up and even now where before we used to work up to thanksgiving or to christmas 
Mm-hmm. And it's and the, this year has been not not very good for us. It's mm-hmm. been crazy. Okay. And yeah, do you do you know why? Do you have a hunch? Um, I'm not. I believe our marketing is messed up. We're like your parents, bro. We've been in business for over 23 years, and we just celebrated 30 years of being married. Congratulations. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's, I mean, that's impressive by itself. But it, we're going to the business side of things. What are you guys doing for advertising? We're doing uh, Facebook. We're doing the, um, the, the, the ads. Mm-hmm. We're going on the pages, on the groups. We're okay. doing putting um, ads on the groups. Um, we do the sponsor, the ad, mm-hmm. uh, not as often because when it slowed down to us, it was like $50 would add it to another $50 and another $50. So for us, it was like, we got to keep our employees busy. So we got to give that money. And so it kind of, I kind of stopped because doing the, the advertising uh-huh. because of that, you okay. know, so I had to kind of choose what I needed to do, but I know that I needed to advertise to get work. But then I had to pay my employees. Okay. And so, so that kind of slowed us down too. Okay. Okay. So on the advertising front, it's primarily Facebook? Facebook. And okay. then it goes to Instagram. Okay. Have you guys ever tried Google ads? No, we have not. You guys need to get on Google ads, man. Here's what I always tell people about Google ads. Google ads is intention-based searching. Whereas Facebook is you are marketing to people who might not necessarily want that, right? It's more of a guessing game, whereas Google is a search engine. So people go out there with the intent to search about bathtub refinishing and carpet cleaning and whatever else you guys offer. So because it's intention-based search, your chance of converting somebody is higher. Does it cost a little bit more? It could. It could. Depends on competition in the area and stuff like that. But you will actually end up saving money if you optimize it properly. You got to learn how to do it. It is not super hard, but it is something where you got to you gotta tighten down how, how you let Google advertise. Because if you let these platforms do everything automatic or like the magic recommendation modes that they give you, they will just start spending your money left and right. You got to tell it what you want it to advertise if you wanted to advertise tubs make a campaign just for tubs tub and tiles showers that and then keep that separate from the other thing but you know the the best thing you can do is to today after this go and start searching and see who's running advertising in your area and and what kind of ads they're putting out and start getting an idea of how you're going to implement it but you really should um google ads is I'll tell you a little bit about how, how we advertise. So primarily Google ads, I spend approximately between 400 and $500 a day on Google ads, but I have a lot of people. So that's part, part, partially why, you know, it could be anywhere between 13 and $15,000 a month. Um, but we're doing about five to $6,000 worth of work a day. And that's on the low end. That doesn't count apartments. That doesn't count hotels. That is just residential. Um, and we charge, you know, like 500 bucks for a bathtub. I don't know what the prices are in your area, but like stuff like that tub and tiles usually between seven, 800 bucks. Like it just depends, right? There's always those caveats, but that's more or less. And right. so, you know, 
as you start, when I started Google ads though, I started with uh, 20 to $25 a day advertising, right? So what does that work out to? I mean, not that much. I mean, it, it might be like a couple hundred bucks a month, if that. Um, right. And then you, you can also do some things on Google ads that allow you to really get a gauge on uh, how much you're spending, which would be like, you can set a cap on how much you want Google to spend on a click. So if you are afraid that like, okay, this might, let's say you go tomorrow, you say my budget's $20 a day. That's all I could afford. Fine. But if you don't tell Google, Hey, I only want to spend $5 per click. It'll probably give you a $15 click and then you're done. <laughs> so if you want to try to get the maximum out of it, you got it. Like, like I told you, learn the platform. It's not super hard, but watch a couple of videos, try a test campaign or two. If you guys need it, I will, I will help you for free. I've helped a bunch of people set that up and um, I'll do the great. best I can. Cause I don't know your guys' markets. It is a little different, but I can help you with the basics. Um, and, great. and you, you just want to focus it in. So it knows where you want it to spend your money so that you don't, you know, don't get anything out of it. But Google ads is gigantic. Um, oh. You know, I, I, I've, I could seriously say that it's built our business up to a, supreme like other level because people are actively searching for it like i said you know what i mean mm -hmm. yeah we um we Thank were you. spoiled bro because we we lasted 22 years on word of mouth mm -hmm. yeah i mean we never had the we, the facebook thing we're like mm -hmm. we always got our work from facebook mm -hmm. and um we thought about the Google ads and then, you know, you hear those things. Oh no, don't do Google ads. It's yeah. not, it's not worth it or whatever, but there's only in my area, there's only like miracle method. You have a really golden opportunity there, man, because if right. you only, we, we charge seven fifty for a cup, if I, if I only, if I only had miracle method next to me, it would be a done deal, man. Like I, I would destroy them. Cause not only, the thing is miracle method they they are like very like whatever because they're national so like word kind of gets fed to them because they are the big name but right. like locally like they don't do as much hotels as we do they don't do i don't i i would highly doubt that they do as much jobs as we do because i've hired people from miracle method here before and they tell me that yeah it's slow there's only like three or four texts they're, they're franchises so they're basically a big company name, but they're locally owned. And like most of the time it's two, two or three people operating them and they get all the work first and then whatever's left, they pass it on to their guys or whatever. Um, you know, right. But at, at that price and in, in that market, if you really are sure that you only have that level of competition, man, you can, you can get a bigger piece of the pie. Like, I'm talking about in a month, you could be in a different, in a different level. If you just start implementing stuff, um, it, it is, it is like a little bit daunting. I know. Cause trust me, like just a couple of years ago, I was the one who was like, what the fuck? I don't, do I pay the people? Do I put the money into advertising? But you got to remember as a business, your blood is cash flow. It is new jobs coming in. And like, I, I understand wanting to keep the people busy and you should as much as possible. But if the work isn't there and you're not putting, you're, you're taking out money that could produce new business. 
to maintain someone, eventually the business runs out. You know what I mean? And if yeah. the business runs out and all you have is an employee sitting there, you're not really doing them any favors. And you're not doing yourself a favor either. Yeah. Um, cash flow is literally the lifeblood of any, of, of any business. So trying to constantly get work is the formula for having like success. And if you guys, I don't know how old you guys are, but if you guys are starting to think about maybe retiring, um, yes, how we are. Yeah, uh, I would say, I would say the gentleman might be in his fifties. I'm gonna be fifty in September. Okay, so I'll, I was close. I can't guess. With women, it could be 1973. Hi, baby. You were trying. You were trying to be kind. I'm, I'm 51. 51. Yeah. I'm 51. Okay, so yeah. you know, it's one of those things where. You still, you know, you guys are still owner operators. So I like, I could tell you guys have the energy because if you're doing it still at that <laughs> age, then, you know, you know, you're not scared of hard work. Right. So yeah, I'm so tired though, bro. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. All the babies out there that whine about being tired and shit, but I, I'm tired. <laughs> we just, did, we just did a job yesterday and, um, I'm, I like to work, you know, like my, mm -hmm. you know, like I, I do, um, but the refinishing part, the spraying, oh, no, I, I, I don't do that, but the prepping I've done it mm -hmm. and I could do that. Like nobody's business. She's an awesome <laughs> prepper, bro. She's like the best one. <laughs> well, I mean, my, my mom prepped up until she was like 45. So yeah, I mean, it's, oh, that's yeah. great. My dad, awesome. my dad was spraying up until he was like 60. So what are you going to do? You know, they had kids when they were older, so they just kept on working until they could pass it on. Right. Yeah. Um, and and so like and I've told this story before, just so like everybody knows, like when we got the business, it was not in any sort of state where it was successful. <laughs> like it kept the lights on. Don't get me wrong. But like you were you know, talking about earlier, you know, they let a lot of things go. They didn't really know. Okay, well, we have we have to keep the people sim similar situation where you said keep someone or advertise, and they yeah. didn't want people to leave. But, um, you know, and then when they gave us the business, it was like ten thousand dollars in debt. Four people had left them. They were just like, we don't have any work. Like they would get like one job every like like one job every two days. And it was just like a regular tub, like things like that. And at that time, my parents were charging $239 for a bathtub. That was yeah. 23 years ago for us. Yeah. yeah. Well, 200, they're charging 200. That was like 11 years ago for us. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, it, it, and, but Orlando is super competitive in this area. There's always been like seven, eight, nine companies. It's just like that. So... Um, but yeah, I would, I would seriously, if you guys were thinking about, you know, that at all, I would start trying to play around with it a little bit and don't, you cannot be afraid of spending money if you're going to have a business because right. everything is a risk. Everything. The day you guys started a business was a risk. You, you can't stop now because yeah. you got to remember that with risk comes reward. If you play it safe forever, all you're going to have is you're going to have a business that can keep you guys working forever, but do you want to yeah. work forever? Yeah. Uh, you gotta, we want the systems in yeah. place so we can step away. Yeah. Yeah. You kind guys. Pass it down. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That should be the goal for you guys. And I think the way yeah. you guys get there 
would be to start branching off and trying these different avenues. And then like once you guys get to a point where you can have one or two other people and you're still mm -hmm. making enough money to where you don't have to be out on the field all the time yeah. is then start hitting it hard with trying to get into commercial stuff more. Um, I can, I, I can tell by Rudy's energy, he would probably be a hell of a salesman. Yeah. yeah. The thing we used to do, um, a lot of apartment complexes. I mean, a lot of Sacramento, mm -hmm. um, we used to do it and you know, we did it well, we made a lot of money and, but when 08 hit, mm -hmm. it kind of, they stopped paying us Yeah. Okay. and they were still calling us to do work. Okay. And by 2010, we lost everything. We were bankrupt. We lost our two homes and Wow. You know, it don't all oh, none of it means nothing. Mm -hmm. The family still stayed together, but we lost everything. And um I put my head in a hole for nine years and but we fired all of them like five years ago. I said, That's it, we're not doing no more apartment mm -hmm. So we do only uh contract we have only um commercial we have mm -hmm. is the hard rock of Sacramento, we clean their carpets and tie on grout and all that. Well, but look, we let go of all the apartments and I, I want I wanted to say that that takes a lot of balls to just flat out come out and say like that. And I, I appreciate you being real there, man, because like, obviously like I was a child when that shit happened. I'm 25. So I was, <laughs> I, I, but I remember my parents were living it like, my parents had, uh, they had a investment property. They had a, a house that was the house we grew up in when we were really little and they had just bought, I mean, you know, at that time, the subprime mortgages, you can get a freaking house like nothing. Right. And they had yeah. a six bedroom, five bedroom house that we had moved into. Um, and when 2008 hit, they lost everything and we had to move yeah, to, we had to move yeah. to that investment property that had a trailer on it. And there was, you know, my sister who was already an adult, her husband, because they, they got screwed too. my parents, my brother and I, like it was, it was tough, you know? Yeah. And I heard a lot of things like that happening and it's very unfortunate, but mm -hmm. one thing I will tell you, and I, I, I agree, you know, some of these shitty places who are not going to pay you and shit, don't mess with them, but be, be the top tier premium refinisher in your area who is doesn't work with everyone. You don't need to work with everyone work with the, the, the companies that are worth working with. Right. That that's because like small properties or places that are like being assholes like that, they don't deserve your business anyway. I think you did the right thing stepping away from them, but I just think that you should try and find a route to come back to it. Just come back a little bit more prepared. Make sure everything's in writing. Get a get a lawyer, dude. You know, it, we've been thinking about it since we've been listening to you. I've been telling my wife, yeah. and she's been telling me, you know, we need to go back. Everything in writing. Some, but then I go and I give them my prices, and they're like, "Oh yeah, oh no, we 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 get charged three seventy five, and I'm like, I can't do it for three. I need to change that for commercial. Yeah. So what? You, I, if look. So with commercial, there's one of two ways you do it. You either do it with the volume or you do it with um, you be the guy that they know they can call on turnaround day 
who's not going to be busy for two months because the 375, if I was charging half of what I charge, I would be busy till, you know, like August, but I don't want to be like just busy with a bunch of cheap jobs. Why would I like, if I, if I can raise my prices and lose half the clients and make twice the money, I don't care. I'm making more money overall. Right. So, you know, and that's kind of, that could be part of your pitch is like, I'm not going to be the 375 guy, but I'll be the guy who's here on turnaround day. And it's not going to have you waiting two weeks to come touch something up and have a tenant pissed off that they're all up in your, you know, in your apartment. Like there's ways around it. I mean, that's one of the things that Danny does, which I, you know, commend him for. He has some properties. He told me that, you know, they're a little bit annoying to pay, but they're close enough that he'll deal with the, the headache. Like they're, he does a lot of stuff that's closed in, but he says that, a lot of his stuff, like he'll charge like five fifty or six hundred bucks for tubs commercial in some of these places, and he says that do they say he's expensive? Yeah, but he's like, you know that I'm gonna be there on turnaround day, and I I'll, I won't miss it. You know that if something goes wrong, all of our guys come back the next day for quality control. It's it's about providing that additional value to justify it to them, and not everyone's gonna say yes. Obviously, in business. You got to be comfortable knowing that you're going to get more no's than yeses, but that doesn't mean you don't play the game, right? Right. Yeah. Right. That. But we've been thinking about it mm-hmm. a lot lately. And um, with the carpet cleaning stuff, is what what makes more like which aspect of the- oh bathtub refinishing without a doubt definitely. I mean, with carpet cleaning. We do hard water restoration. We do window cleaning, <laughs> tile and grout cleaning. Mm-hmm. And uh, but bathtub refinishing is, yeah, that's way more. And it was kind of funny when I got into carpet cleaning because we were doing the turnarounds and mm-hmm. you know doing the painting maintenance and all that, cleaning. and the cleaning and bathtub refinishing. And I was asking a friend of mine, "Hey, do you want to clean my carpets? Mm-hmm. You know, when I do the turnarounds because I need a carpet cleaner." And he said, why don't you just buy my company? And me back then, I was like, all right. So we've been in business 23 years. And uh, when he taught me how to use the machine, he was there with me for 15 minutes and said, oh, I got to go, man. <laughs> so I've been learning. I became IIC certified and all that. You know what I mean? Okay. Just And all I got taught was 15 minutes. But that's how we got into carpet cleaning. And yeah, bathtub refinishing is way more. Have you ever ever considered about separating the two things? Yeah, that's kind of like she like I have Rudy's fantastic shine refinishing systems. And then she's got the the carpet cleaning systems. We we try to separate them. Okay. Okay. I see. Yeah, because I mean. The only reason I say that is because it allows for a little bit more focused advertising, you know, mm. and and so like, you know, it, it could confuse people theoretically. I don't know, like you guys have a website and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. So if somebody went on the site and saw like carpet cleaning when they went to go look for tubs, they might be like, "What the heck? I'm in the wrong place." You know, things like that. They're just things that you might want right. to consider. But I haven't glanced at it, so I don't know. Um, yeah, we've thought about it for 23 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, it's, it's like a, there's a, a very popular like plumber out here. I don't know. I don't even know if they're national or not, but it's called Frank gay. 
and like they 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 have like Frank Gay plumbing. They have Frank Gay like HVAC. They have Frank Gay like carpentry. They have like they have everything. It's the same name, right? But it's just the other thing. So like your thing could be Rudy's this, Rudy's that, Rudy. yeah, and it could work out like that. Yeah. It's just an idea that I had, but yeah, we got a like. I do comedy too, bro. I have Here Comes Trouble Entertainment. Okay. <laughs> I'm a comedian too. And then we just started a lemonade, clinchies and munchies, a pop-up stand. And the My Salsa. Oh, yeah. But we got a three-time award-winning salsa called My Salsa. Okay. And we're going to be on my birthday so for you, my 50th birthday. You guys like like doing the, the business thing then, right? You guys like the, the grind? We do. Oh, that's awesome. We We're just trying to, you know, just our whole goal when we started was the business, right? Not to be uh, employed by somebody else. Mm -hmm. You know, we didn't want that boss. We wanted to be our own boss. Mm -hmm. And and then from there, we just wanted to do this business and actually pass it down to our the next generation, whoever would our run kids. it um, and have it running by itself, mm -hmm. you know? And, and right now, unfortunately, we can't pass it down yet because it's not ready. And we have these other business ideas, you know, that the family also, the kids want to be self-employed too as well, mm -hmm. you know, and we have three of them. And um, it's just, it's just, that's our goal. We want to work for, we want to make Rudy's Fantastic Shine where it's running on its own so we could pass it down. Turnkey and you know? we're gone and it's running yeah, on it, its own. Yeah, but it's still what we want it to make money still for us because we're mm -hmm. aging. And so the kids don't have to, my thing, my thinking is I don't want the kids to come up with their money out of their pockets to take care of mom and dad when we can't do it. Mm -hmm. So of course, the Rudy's is to make that money come in you know, and the other businesses too, you know, so, you know, um, do they have other jobs right now? Are they doing something else? My my our son, the technician that mm -hmm. we lost, right? Or uh, he's he's uh we lost to the bis from the business, you know. Mm -hmm. But uh, he's doing uh he's a chef as well, so he's doing that. And my daughter, she's doing our marketing. Mm -hmm. Um, she's learning more to how to do that. And then our youngest, she's just with her boyfriend right now, and he's got his own thing going he on. He was our carpet cleaning too. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. But uh, my daughter's boyfriend, um, he is a manager already and for two shops at Jiffy Lube. Okay. So we're like thinking in our head, oh, you know, he's going to be a good manager. He's learning all these skills right now. So, I mean, that's one thing we're, we're, we're thinking about, you know. So, uh, like, I, I, I very much, I respect the sentiment, right? But I will tell you that them learning what a grind is sometimes that's the fuel you need right because like when you yeah. guys started and it wasn't going as hot as you thought and then you started riding high and then it came back down to earth a little bit you were mentally yeah. prepared for that because you already went through it right and mm -hmm. what i would hate for it to happen is for them to be handed something where it's up here and then they all they ever know is this and then the moment shit hits the fan they're scrambling back to you two who are supposed to be retired to pick up the pieces. Yeah. And then you guys are relying in on, on it too. So I think yeah. this is just my opinion. I think that an approach to where you guys slowly start integrating them into more things, even if it's part-timers and stuff like that, 
with the understanding that eventually you guys, you know, can have this and run it and operate it, but you need to learn these things might be the best case scenario. Cause obviously if you guys don't have, uh, you know, like, like you guys have been struggling for work and stuff recently, if you guys don't have enough to fully employ them at the very least start, start making those moves so that things are not a surprise to them because right. you know, that would be a disaster. And I, I worry about stuff like that with people because um, I, f I truly attribute part of the reason that me and my brother are successful is because we saw the ebbs and flows with the business because we were involved in it even when we were younger. Like our parents were like, hey, you're not going to do this. You got to go work. Hey, you want to make extra money this week? You got to do this. Or, and, and, and then as soon as we... It, it wasn't even a question. Like me and my brother have never worked other jobs. It was just like, we want to do this because we saw the potential, but we were always kind of like, like told like, Hey, this is how the business is doing. Like, can you help us with this? And we started like, it's like almost like we started knowing the systems before it was even time to take it over. We fully knew everything, how everything worked. So, you know, even though the business was struggling, like you were saying earlier, the system of how, you know, how to handle the technicians, where to get materials, where how to advertise the little bit that they were doing. We already kind of had an idea of how those things worked. So we weren't just coming in blind. And then we also knew, hey, our parents were kind of struggling there. How do we avoid that from an outsider's perspective? Because when you're in it, it's a lot harder to to see what it is you're doing wrong. But from an outsider, somebody younger, sometimes they're like, well, you got to do this, this, and this. And younger people tend to take more risk. And that's one thing that, like I said earlier, in a business, you can never stop doing it because that everything good comes from that, right? Um, and so sometimes you'll miss some. But, you know, if, if you, you take calculated risks, that is how you grow and blow this thing up. Right. I, right. I, I think so. So um, Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. We agree. Yeah. Definitely. Um, and so I never, sorry to cut you off. Yeah. I never thought about it that, that way. And I, I am grateful to hear that coming because I mean, we did, I didn't, I didn't think about that. We've they been in it. To, We've been in yeah. that yeah. for so long. We're just used to it. And yeah. Yeah. Well, they, they'll call you like, Hey dad, like what the fuck's going on? You're going to be like, Oh, that just happens. And you're, they're going to be like, wait, so what do I do? And, and because you've already been through it, you know, you got to yeah. do this, this and this. But the last thing you want is to be like, you know, you're, you're chilling in Puerto Rico on the beach and <laughs> and they're calling you about we don't have money for payroll or something because the business is whatever. And like yeah. you, it, I feel like a certain sense of like getting them started, even if it's you know, it doesn't even have to be like a full time part time thing. It's literally just when they have a couple of minutes like, hey. Yeah. This is happening. This is how we get through it. If you guys are serious about wanting to take this over in the future, you need to know these things because literally if you start them up here with this kind of expectation and then a dip happens, all hell can break loose. And a lot of people aren't fit to handle the pressure that comes with a business. And a lot of people quit and go back to their day job because, you know, it's just, it could be very, very hard on people, especially like what happened to you guys where people don't know, like people owe you money. I'm in a situation right now like that. I mean, 
I have some guy that owes me eight grand. Like, and it happens. Like, but how do you get through it? How do you keep on going? How do you set up systems in the future to where that's not going to happen again and mitigate it and all of that, you know? Mm -hmm. I think that that, that would be a good way to approach things, especially if you're going to have the kids take it over. Um, Right, right. Yeah, definitely. I like the um because I've been listening to your podcast too. <laughs> My husband told me, "Hey, you got to listen to these guys," and I'm like, "What the podcast?" But I started oh, hearing you guys. Yeah, I yeah. started hearing you guys, and I'm like, "Holy moly!" And they are whole halt. And I like the fact that you spoke about your parents, and it's very similar to us. And I, um, the part where you're talking about the contracts, and I'm like, "God dang!" And I'm driving, and I'm listening to this. I was like, "God, I've been saying about this, the contracts." Um. That's something that we lack, and mm-hmm. we—I mean—we're going to implement that. Implement that. The contract. Yeah. It's because I trust everybody, and I love so deeply. You know what I mean? I didn't feel we need needed contracts, <laughs> and we haven't had an issue mm-hmm. with nothing like that. But it's good to have that in place. Like um, you talk about, like taking off fixtures and grout. Yeah. We do all that, mm-hmm. but sometimes I forget to mention that we don't put them back. Mm-hmm. and you know stuff like that and there's been a couple instances where people thought they could pay me next week and mm-hmm. i'm like no it needs to be paid today we don't do net five days or whatever or shower door replacement mm-hmm. putting the shower oh, doors putting back. the shower doors back on and yeah because yeah. we'll take them off but our thing is we don't replace nothing we refinish existing and we if we take something off we unless it's set up we'll put it back but most of the time we ask them to get a plumber because we're not plumbers same thing Uh, that's kind of how i've always handled it although recently i have done a little bit more of the removal I, i mean we didn't remove drains until like this year like i would not touch someone's drain because one time like 15 years ago it snapped the plumbing and the guy tried to sue and it was a whole thing. So, and obviously we made them, we, we still had the things in place, but I was like, I'm not even going to deal with it. But lately we've just been like, okay, if it comes off with like a regular amount of force, we'll take it off. If we have to force it at all, it's staying and we just mask it. Um, right. But yeah, you got to have those things in place. You got you to have those systems in place, man, because yeah. I'm one of those people where I, I know that I, <laughs> I know that I, I'll fall for advertisings and shit like that. And then me myself is that because I own a business, I have to be partially salesman t- too. And I just want to make sure that like, when I'm like, like I have a lot of trust in people because of that. I just fall for things, not, not super easily, but like, I'll catch myself like, dang, I can't believe I agreed to something so dumb, like after the fact. Right. So I, yeah. I have just learned through word of mouth you can't because the thing is things get lost like you can't if you ever need to reference something it can't you can't just reference a conversation you had in the hallway because he can say no you said this and then you'd be like no i said that and it, 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 that's just why everything's done in writing everything legal is done in writing everything that's important is written down and there's a reason for that so even the smallest job i don't care if i'm going to their house to do a chip repair they sign on a dotted line somewhere because I, I'll tell you a story of why I do that. I went to a job once. The guy said, hey, 
I need someone to do this chip repair today, last minute. I was the only one that answered his call, whatever. He's like, I can't be there, but go ahead and do the chip repair, and then I'll tell you where the money is. I was like, oh, okay. As soon as we do it, <laughs> he tells us to, he takes a, he, he sends us a picture of, of this bag of cement that was in the garage, and underneath it was an envelope that was empty. And he was like, well, you guys were the only ones there. And I was like, oh, um, why would I lie about something? He's like, I don't know. Uh, and he, and then I was like, well, should I just take off the chip repair? He's like, no, because the money's <laughs> gone. So I know you guys took it. Oh, wow. And man. I was just like, wow. So now every single customer that, uh, that we work with, uh, with the exception of like a hotel or resort uh, or apartment, every single residential customer, I take a credit card at the time of booking. And if they're not there, I don't accept a cash or check. I will bill their credit card. If they want to give me a secure form of payment like that in person, that's one thing. But because they're physically handing it to you, but someone can claim whatever they want. Oh, he walked away with the check. I left it there. That's not how things work, buddy. Like I, I, I make them sign. It's going to be upon completion and you need to be there to pay them or it's going to be billed to the credit card we have on file. Um, and, and, do you get some people who are hesitant to give you a card? Yes, but this is one thing I've always said to everybody and everybody who's implemented it agrees. If someone is not willing to give you a credit card before like to, to initiate you to go out in person and perform a service, do you think that they're going to be easy when it comes time to pay for said service? Right. Probably going to be mm-hmm. a pain in the ass anyway, man. Right. It's just true. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, the way I do it is uh, I have a system called Jobber where it organizes the jobs and stuff for the guys, and it also has like a payment service kind of thing built into it. Uh, and I asked for a $1 deposit down, and the moment they put that dollar deposit down, it holds their card on file. And I will get people like, oh, I don't want to put down a dollar. And I'm like, if you're not willing to give me a dollar, how am I, how am I expecting you to give me 700 bucks, bro? I don't right. want to work with you. If you're not willing to put a dollar down for me to spend 45, 50 bucks in gas, a hundred dollars or $150 for a technician, 70, $80 worth of material, all of that. Well then I'm just not going to do it. I'll find someone who will. And that's just that it, it's, uh, you're going to get some people who bitch about it, but most people are going to understand. You need to make sure you need to establish that your time is worth something regardless right regardless mm-hmm. right. that's right and if someone cancels or no shows i charge them 200 dollars, and that is on every single invoice you know why because your time is worth something you pull up to a job and they're like i don't know if you've ever gotten this one hey i know we're scheduled for today but this other guy told me that he could do it for 350 and you're already here so you ever get one of those i'll just I, i'll just tell them i'll buy i'll just charge your card the 200 dollars, and we just walk like like that is literally think for things like that. No call, no shows people trying to price gouge you last minute and change things up. That's why I implemented that. And I have not had a single cancellation in like over a year because of that. Somebody really needs to think before they go and are going to go price shopping after they tell you yes and waste your time. If they're actually going to do it or not, because even though it's something so small, the dollar, but also if they wanted to just change their card information, it, that enough is such a hassle for them 
that they they would they would rather just stick to the original appointment than to try to rearrange something now. Right. And and it's worked for me. So I I, t- I really do recommend that too. And that also will help you guys because when you need every single job that's coming in, the last thing you want is to have a string of cancellations because someone it wasn't completely sure. It, 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 and if you miss out on it because someone doesn't want to put a dollar down, you need to ask yourself, do I want to work with someone who won't even be willing to give me a dollar? Like pe- People give homeless people five fucking bucks. They don't want to give you a dollar? No, I'm not working right. with you. Right. That that I, I just think that those are like the best ways to handle those situations. Um, I did want to talk about uh, some other sure. things, and I, and I will. Um, but the way I usually do this, just so you guys know, is that I cut it up into multiple episodes. So what yep. I'm going to do is I'm going to end this part of the episode. We'll restart it back. And then we'll keep on going with the conversation, okay? Sounds great. All right. So <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and end it here, and we'll go ahead and uh, I'll start another one here in a minute, okay? Yep. You've been listening to the Bathtub Refinishing Podcast. If you liked what you heard, be sure to keep up with the Bathtub Guys on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Or visit bathtubguys.com for more. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.